This is VC Projects Podcast, and today my guest is Shane Fogg, where we go inside his current exhibition at El Nido in the Blue Room titled Lines and Dots, Dots Before Language. Shane and I will uncover some fascinating stories and how the work came about. Thanks so much for joining us. Get ready to jump in. So, thanks everybody for coming over and um, this informal gathering. Yeah, this informal gathering, and I know some other people are gonna float in. But I thought it, you know, um, to be quite honest, I love so many of these works. I mean, there isn't a painting that is not admirable of Shane's. But some of these um, pattern paintings and early paintings, like the Ghost in the Machine over there. They're quite fascinating when we look at this untitled um, number 33, this one here. And I think the common thread in all of his work is ancient civilizations, um, uh, language, what do our thoughts look like before they become to language, um, the unconscious, the conscious mind, aspects of philosophy. But really, he's really questioning um, why are we here, how did we get here, and what are we doing here? And um, I think it's just that thread is always going to go through his work. Uh, (laughs) What were you thinking when you made that one in 1991? 1991, let's see. I had started working for Joe Good and Ed Ruscha. And my studio was about three blocks away from the, where their studio was on Electric Avenue. And I started working for Joe in 1989, and um, he introduced me to Ed. And then about a month later, Ed hired me as well. And I was one day a week, or two days a week, and this went on for I don't know how many months. And then at one point, we went out to lunch, and they said, you know, we think it's time you get a studio here. You can't keep driving back and forth. So let's take our lunch break and find you a studio. So we drove around Venice, and after a couple of weeks, we found this space, and it was a great, great, great space on Victoria Street off of Abakenny. Ed said, well, God, you need to rent this. And I said, I, I can't afford this, are you kidding? And he said, oh, yes, you can. Uh, uh, Joe and I, are, we're giving you a raise, and we're gonna guarantee you five days a week. And Ed said, I'll co-sign for you if, if you need it. You need, if this is your time. You need to do this now. It's time. So I took the plunge, and I did it. And so um, I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time, but I was doing these ribbon paintings, and I was throwing pieces of ribbon onto the floor because I needed to get out of my own way. How do you make a mark without thinking about it? How do you allow yourself that kind of freedom? Jackson Pollock threw the paint. I didn't want to go that direction, so I took these ribbons and started throwing them. And it was almost like an I Ching where you're throwing the pennies, right? Mm. And it's a moment of chance. So as, a, as these things would fall, at the, I would make quick sketches of them. And they were quite beautiful. And I thought, this is a language that is somewhere in my being. I don't even know what it sounds like, but it's a language, and I'm going to start documenting that language. And this is one of those paintings. Mm. Yeah. So then I wanted to, that object, I wanted to submerge it into light, which is, again, playing with the Renaissance window mm-hmm. of space and light. And 
thinking about Rembrandt and thinking about Leonardo and some of these, and Turner. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Turner in that painting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Next. Well, then, well. then we're over here. <laughs> Two days until tomorrow. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's a really highly spiritual painting. It looks like you're opening the door. We were just talking about AI, like you're opening the door to another portal. Mm. So you got out of your way. Mm -hmm. you, you found some dots and lines and ribbons, but then you went into this, this portal, this space, and then, of course, the Renaissance veils and the light followed you. I was... Um... There was an earlier painting that I did, and I was looking at Celtic art, and I was also looking at these sculptures that were done on these big slabs of stone, right? These circular sculptures. Nobody quite knows what they mean. And I thought, those are so fascinating. So I started doing drawings of them. And then, actually, I was out in the desert, um, out at Ed's place, and he would send me out there sometimes for a week at a time. And I'd just be roaming around and I'd start doing drawings of plants and skeletal structures I would find. And I thought, well, there it is again. There are those marks. There are those movements. So I just started documenting them. And then I thought, well, what if I were to start here and make a circle and circle, you know, and like, and then once it crosses this line, the light becomes a dark and the dark becomes a light. So now we have these, the, an intersection, and what happens as these sort of sound waves start crossing over? What kind of patterns are created from that? Mm -hmm. So I was fascinated by those patterns, and it was a big painting that I did um, years ago, and it, is, it was in a show in Russia. And then I was gonna do more of them, a lot more of them. And then I did one that's hanging in the living room. Mm -hmm. um, and I did hundreds of drawings of different ideas, but I never got around to them. And then I was in Naples, Italy in 2012 for a show that Cynthia had organized for me. And in my room, my hotel room, I was doing these little pencil drawings. And um, these started popping up again. So when I came back, I, I did some paintings. I did more of these, mm -hmm. um, but some of the rest of them I destroyed. Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy with them. Mm -hmm. I, this is the one that survived. Mm -hmm. I, love, I love the title of this one, A Second From Now. Uh-huh. And, and What that, year is that? Second From Now is 1999. So we're going okay. back a, a couple years. This was... 2011. I'm, tra I'm traveling now. But, but this <laughs> one here in Pacino's Garden, which is a whole other conversation. Oh, boy. Which we might want to touch on in the conversion. You know, yeah. so we, we're in okay. dots, and then we get into this pattern. So A second from now, well, I was thinking about time, mm -hmm. as I always do. Yeah. And I'm thinking about our mortality. And thinking about how I... Einstein's theory of relativity had, I think, a huge impact on me. And then I started really getting into quantum physics and reading many, many books about it. And, you know, once you start delving into that rabbit hole, you find out that some physicists think that gravity exists on the 14th dimension. Einstein couldn't 
conceive of like the string theory because he couldn't conceive of anything past the fourth dimension. But string theory is even beyond the 14th dimension where they think gravity exists. Mm. So it's way back there. And so it's, it's almost like a thought. Mm -hmm. And this thought is energy. And this energy then begins to emanate out. And as it goes through different dimensions, it creates a vibration. And that's mm. the idea behind string theory. So by the time it reaches our dimension, this energy begins to manifest and take form as molecular and cellular structures, right? And that's what creates the world that we see, mm -hmm. that we exist in. Mm -hmm. So, I think to myself, what does that look like? <laughs> what does that, what is the essence of that? And, and that's such a courageous painting to, you know, you're here in the studio working. Mm -hmm. and in this room, I mean. In this room, thing. yeah, in this room. Yeah. And, and you've, however method that you created it but you've got the ribbon and then so boldly you've got these dots and then well there's two sets of dots there's yeah. these there's yeah. these guys here and this is the rising and the setting of the sun as as the the equinox as the sun because the the summer and the winter equinox you see the sun go like this and goes like this so it arcs up across the sky mm. which is another depiction of time right so this is what I was depicting. Then over the course of that is another patterning, which is almost random, but yet it, the randomness forms another sensibility of, of it. There, there's a potential intellect there. Mm -hmm. so, so I was thinking, well, this is, this is dancing around, but this is dancing over it, and then this is dancing over that, but then out here are, mm -hmm. we are. Yeah. And we are the ones that are receiving this information that is creating yet a fourth series of patterns mm -hmm. that makes up our lives. Mm -hmm. So that was what was going through my mind. So very <laughs> so the idea of the abstraction becomes beyond I'm not just making abstraction. No, no, no. These are very thought out. No. So I was thinking which led you know, started off with this throwing a ribbon. Then I realized it's about me just getting out of my own way and allowing my subconscious to move and that my own physicality was enough impetus to guide my hand to make something of interest that I could then respond to. In the same way that I'm throwing a ribbon that I respond to, now I'm making these movements very subconsciously and then with this painting and this painting, I actually photographed what I had painted and I condensed it down and then I just decided how many times I wanted this pattern replicated across the surface. Um, so I printed that out. And then painstakingly I sat there and cut out little templates. And I, I mapped out exactly where each corner was going to be. So this section here is a microcosm of the underneath, which is a macrocosm. So it's about almost a cause and effect. And I was thinking about how our subconscious mind works and how our conscious mind works and how we create order out of a chaos. And that I started seeing these paintings as almost a bridge between our subconscious and conscious mind. Voila. Then you, then you, you took a, a side road and you were in a meeting in LA where you were in part yeah. of the city council. Yeah. And uh, 
boredom, you started figuring out drawing these circles, circles, and came to your still point. Um, but I and I have been reading over and over and over again for many years. Um, T. S. Eliot's Four Quartets, and and I had picked it up again and was reading it again because it was so resonating with me. And I was at a crossroads with my own life, my personal life. And then the economy was collapsing around us. And I just thought, am I going to be able to keep Pharmaca going? It's a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. I had founded. My marriage was going out like this. And I then, okay, so I'm reading this poem and it talked about at the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither coming nor going. There the dance lies, the only dance. And I realized I didn't know where my still point was. Mm. And I was off-centered. That, so as a way for me to realign myself, I needed to start making mm. still point paintings. Mm -hmm. So the, the blue one, this yep. blue one here, and this one came about, and then lastly the one on the other side. One on the other side, yeah. I feel like you know, you, you read so much and you have so many thoughts and you're questioning and that's your job to have these questions. You've told me that, like, that's the job, have the questions. Yeah. The answers will reveal themselves. Once you're in there, uh -huh. in the painting and you're painting and day after day, is it hard to be in the outer world? I, you know, I will say to you that, and that's a great question too, because I made these paintings in this room, mm -hmm. right? And then, because this is a very social town, mm -hmm. I have to go out to a dinner party. You know, I mean, and it, it didn't help necessarily that I was at that time married to an actress. But you know, you adjust and you make amends with it. Mm -hmm. What 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 does this painting mean to you now? Now, aqueous prayer. Mm, aqueous prayer. Um, at the time, there was a drought going on. Mm -hmm in the San Joaquin Valley. And the well at the ranch was running dry. Mm. So I was thinking about water and I was thinking about if water has a consciousness mm. and if it's sending out a prayer, what might it look like? Wow. I, <laughs> the way my, my mind works. That's brilliant.